Welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sham. I am Angela. And the sound of your may be dogs. We like to talk about movies around here. Yes, movies. We're not doing our we're not we're not doing shit like top ten uh, characters from Marvel Phase Four. We're not doing stuff like that. No. We'd probably get a lot more viewers <laughs> if we did. Probably have more subscribers. Instead but- of the humble consistent pace in which we're getting subscribers now Though we might be like a little depressed if we that's true we're trying to do that pop culture bullshit yeah all the time well we're on purpose well we do pop culture bullshit well, but it's like just from things all we don't, throughout time but like things we don't if we were doing things we don't want to do just to get likes is what i mean well yeah i mean we will be watching movies we may not want to watch sometimes but, no sure but yeah but like clickbait we're not clickbait this month's, um, I wouldn't even know how to be that. <laughs> I, my life is uh, centered around uh, not making money. <laughs> That's what I'm really good at. And like, there are even not even in to get into the weeds of things. There are times where there's situations where I'm handed checks and I just hand them to someone else. Like it's, I can't even claim it's like a moral. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say. But I guess I'm just not driven. But I'm also fortunate because someone in this house makes money. (laughs) But anyway, the theme this month is portraits of the artists in which we analyze two particular and very different uh, black leading men in film from both ends of film history. And I named the theme after this Criterion collection of the Paul Robeson portraits of the artists. that handsome man. This handsome fellow, a big time, maybe one of the biggest um, actors, especially black actors of his day, uh, Mr. A Labor Organizer, um, went to, made a lot in, in England. England? You know, the country of England. England? But that's what inspired the choice, the, the naming of this uh, theme that we're doing this month. I mean, mostly it's Denzel month, but Mondays we're talking about Paul Robeson. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the movie um, Jericho from 1937. It's a it's an English film. England. And this is following uh, another English film that Robeson did called Sanders of the River. Mm-hmm. Now, in this movie, we're not, we can't discuss all of, we're only allotting like, what, four, f- four or five uh, Robeson titles, because mostly it's Denzel month. Mm-hmm. But... Sanders of the River, one we're not going to, is is one in which Sanders is portraying a specific African tribesman. And uh, he worked, as I, as from what I read, he worked very hard, as you know, we know Paul Robeson would, to represent uh, a figure from, you know, Africa in a positive and accurate way. Yeah. Well, Sanders, or not Sanders, um, <laughs> Paul Robeson, a Felt pretty good about it until he saw the the movie in post edit, and apparently the movie was edited around oh. by the British production company, and he was very disappointed that the that the the end piece of the movie ended up being more towards like the benefits of British colonialism as opposed to you know the nobility of Black African history. Mm. So they kind of. They kind of grifted him a little bit and changed the like the outward meaning purpose. So Robeson felt kind of burned, you know. Yeah. And yeah, he had to go to England to maybe go to a place like Switzerland and England to maybe make more of the movies he wanted. But 
England was just like our dad in terms of imperialism, our mother, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like when I was Taught a little... Taught us what we know. It's like when I was a little kid and the first major city outside of the South I went to was Chicago. Mm. And I expected like people to not be racist in Chicago. And then yeah. literally got off the plane and encountered people being racist. And of course, if you know anything about Chicago, how laughable it would be to expect... They're not to be racism in Chicago. But I was a little kid. I get it. And, you know, Paul Robeson is definitely smarter than I was flying into Chicago as an eight-year-old little boy. But but I guess it is, you know, there's always, like, um, something pushing you back mm-hmm. if you're trying to represent blackness, even in the European world, where they may seem a little softer on certain things. Yeah. And, of course, um, Europe is also about the England's about to go into war. So, at this time, anyway... So he made Jericho. If you haven't heard of Jericho, it might be because it also is called Dark Sands. In the U.S., it was released a year later called Dark Sands. If you look up the Jericho 1937 film Wikipedia, you'll see the Dark Sands poster, and it looks like there's not a black man on that cover. It's got Paul Robinson's name on it. But that was kind of... That practice existed. That's fucked. That practice existed in Western media, American media, up to the 60s. I remember I worked in a used media store, and you would see, like, uh, the hot sounds of jazz, and where it's all black artists, and then the cover's like a white woman biting on pearls or something. Like Gross. That shit was very common. and so. Uh, but there is a Dark Sands poster, I think, that does show Paul Robeson's face, but it's funny, the, the one you see on the wiki... Uh, it makes everyone just look white. I couldn't find a poster of this that represented this movie. Even the one that I found with him in it, it's like him and a woman from the movie, but they're just looking to the side expectantly. Like, I don't know. Now, Weird. This, this movie, not very well known. Uh, you have to be kind of a movie nerd or into black film history to know this. We understand this with Paul Robeson. These are... Deep cut movies, and but that's just kind of but, but you know we're not film experts, but we're we're putting ourselves in a process of education here. Yes. We are film fans, film enthusiasts. We want to know more. We love certain movies we grew up with, but we don't. We're not like people that want to just sit in our comfort food over and over and over no. and over yeah. again. We want to learn something. We want to f- figure things out. We want to become someday experts in discussing movies and being well-rounded with it. Yeah, and it's not just about, like, what's the new thing. Yeah. It's important to go back and see kind of where all this came from. And Jericho is such an interesting movie mm. to me. Like, it's it's got its flaws. I'm not... I won't say it's, like, some a masterpiece, but there is something about it that is... That I feel like deserves a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. And I agree. for one, in the wake of Sanders of the River, Paul Robeson was like, nah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to look. I'm the lead. I'm going to make sure things. And he even changed the ending in terms of how certain things represented. But Jericho, it's um, it's a British film and we get a, a black. It's in World War One and a, an American troop and with a black regiment, they're all going into i forget what country they're going into they're going to fight germans or whatever somewhere it wasn't just germany but that's when we meet paul robeson as he's calming his fellow troops with his song they're on a boat which could explode i guess they're carrying i don't know if they're carrying i actually couldn't catch it whether they're carrying like gunpowder or whatever 
TNT, I have no idea. But there is a part where all the all the high-ranking officers are white men. And one of those high-ranking white men starts to light a cigarette. And the other one is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, You're going to yeah. blow us up. So some of these men are scared that something's going to happen on this boat. And that they're going to die before they even get to war. Like, war is scary enough. But they're like, our transportation to war could also kill us. Well, a whole fucking generation got chewed up in that war. Yes, and yes. so, and honestly, that one guy that was real, like, fucking scared out of his mind. Makes sense. Why wouldn't you be, truly? It I seems know. like a normal reaction. But it's kind of sweet how Paul Robeson... But as you go, your strength will You know, we want heroes this particular week. We need heroes this week. We've been seeing, we've seen a couple of bad, Paul Robeson playing bad guys, Denzel being very much gray area, being gangsters. We want heroes this week. So, and we got it here in Jericho. Oh, yeah, we did. And so it's really sweet when Paul Robeson's like soothing his fellow troops. The commanding officer, played by Henry Wilcoxon, He's one of the good whites. It's really, <laughs> I know. It's, it's really, true. it's really funny though, because these are all supposed to be American troops. At first, I thought these were uh, like a black American troop regiment that's kind of like just kind of in with some British troops, but no, they're all supposed to be American. Yeah. And uh, some of these actors don't bother to change from their English No, they accents. do not. So that was a little confusing. But honestly, think about how when like remember that what was that sniper movie with Jude Law in it? Where all the uh, the Russians, oh, sounded like German and on all the I know what every, you're talking about, or like everyone just had an English accent, even yeah. though they were like anyway, it was like goofy. <laughs> but so it's not like that's not unusual that we just inject familiar accents into For sure. people that wouldn't have them. But some shit goes down and the torpedo hits this hits this ship, and things start going haywire. And these guys, uh, and a, a lot of the troops get trapped in this area. And these two guys, and Paul Robeson and another guy, are trying to get, get them the door out. open to yeah. get them out so they don't drown. And uh, meanwhile, a, a British commanding, he's not British, he's supposed to be American, he commands one of their commanding officers to get everyone around them up and get them top deck. Mm-hmm. Some guy comes up. And he sees that they're trying to open this door. And he's like, no, we got to go. We, we got to go. And Paul Robinson's like, like, we cannot leave these people. Like uh, like eight people will die if you don't open this door. And then he pulls a gun on him. He's like, order's an order. Paul Robeson basically pops someone and he hits his head. And he goes down. But they manage to free it so all those people are saved. He like, He's so strong that he like lifts the metal in front of the door. But he tries to help the, uh, the commanding officer that pulled a gun on him. But he's dead. He hit his head and it brained them so they sit before their little military court and they're very casual about it it seemed like no one was really expecting anything bad to happen yeah i think they thought because they didn't consider what he had done to be out of malice he was trying to save people and and will coxon's character captain mac 
Yes. He was uh, speaking on behalf. He's like, oh, he's a hero. He's very good for They've known each other morale. since before the war. Yeah. And, but the, but the head officer or whatever is like, when he gets him to admit that he decked his commanding officer, the, the head officer is like, well, you're, you broke two rules here. So now you're going to get imprisoned and uh, we'll see. We'll try you. I think it's like Christmas time. It and- is. And the troops are doing a show for each other and so we get some uh tap dancing and some singing from other people and then they're going to take some of the prisoners to go watch the rest of the show and the officer mac is visiting robeson and he basically they're not gonna let robeson go because of what he's in trouble for and mac says let him go because he wants to just go sing with the boys yeah, one more time. Yeah, I'll take responsibility for I'll him. take responsibility. His name is Jericho Jackson, by the way. That's his character's yeah. name. That's why it's called Jericho. Yes. And uh, But as they're singing, they, they, they go, he goes through a song, and then he notices that people are kind of relaxed, and he sees that there's a gun. Mm-hmm. Like a man's like three feet from him with a gun. And sure enough, he grabs that gun, and he forces his way out, and he manages to make his escape off the ship. And he knows French, so he pretends to be a Frenchman, and he walks straight up and talks to officers. It makes sense that, yeah, they are around France there, mm-hmm. so it makes sense because it's implied that when he escapes and he meets his little AWOL American buddy, mm-hmm. who's uh, um, who's played by Walter Fuller, and I'll we'll get into him. He's a very interesting I wanna guy. I want to know, because I didn't have time to look him up, but yet he basically sneaks onto a boat that he, and he thinks... He finds a drunk man on the on the deck. And so he puts that drunk man into his little boat that he had gotten out to this, like, mm. you know, bigger boat. And so he takes off. And he thinks he's alone. But then this man crawls out from under yeah. the next morning and is like, where's my buddy? And very quickly just went, all right, we'll be friends. Like, yeah. it was just very quick. I, I think this guy just went AWOL. I think he was a yeah, soldier. Yeah, he was also like, nah, trying to get out. Yeah, he didn't and, want uh, anybody to catch him either. <laughs> they were like... Fugitives on the run. You sure found something that looks like a desert anyway. Give me the Riviera. Come on, let's get going. Where to? Well, they're just walking. Do we find a town or a camp or something? Or nothing. Boy, you sure got what it takes to travel, and that's no sense at all. Certainly lucky to find his first aid kit on board. Yeah, we'll need it too. So it makes sense that they're in France because it implies that they're up in you know northwest africa somewhere they want to go um, to the desert paul wants to go to the desert yeah and that's where they end up but this character of of, of um i said walter fuller that's the producer of the movie oh <laughs> the actor's name is wallace ford wallace ford now wallace ford is an interesting guy um apparently that's not his real name for one He's an English-born, naturalized American. He's a vaudevillain guy. Name is Samuel Grundy Jones. Now, Mm. apparently, Samuel's upbringing was one of he's a very he was like a delinquent. Okay. And then he came up and got into performance vaudeville. But there was one occasion where Samuel was hopping trains with an old friend of his, and that friend's name was Wallace Ford. Oh. And Wallace Ford fell off the tracks, fell in between some cars or something, and got killed, died while they were jumping oh trains. God. This is when he was, you know, a ne'er-do-well just bouncing around all over the place. When he went to, you know, become a performer, he took his dead friend's name as his performing name. Mm-hmm. And Wallace Ford has actually played, you know, 
a lot of characters similar to this where like the very snappy kind of guy and I actually kind of you know in, in a modern context I kind of if I see like a comedic side bit character with someone I might be a little more judgmental of it mm. because it just seemed like you know in the 80s and 90s there was there seemed like there were it's just all we were lousy with mm-hmm. them so I guess in our age group it's just like we don't need any more of that um but there was something refreshing about this and correct me if I'm wrong but I'm trying to think of any instance in which a black dramatic lead has a white comedic sidekick. Mm. Now, we've seen plenty of white comedic sidekicks, but often paired with white dramatic leads. You know, it's kind of... A, it's, yeah, yeah, or it's all comedy. By the point of our lives, it's a true trope to have, like, a dramatic lead and, a, like, a comedic sidekick. But it's mm. always, like... Imagine, like, Rob Schneider and Judge Dredd, the Sylvester Stallone movie. That's always, like, the like one, like, an example of it not needing to be there. Never saw the Blade it's movies. Did he Did he have a, was, was Patton Oswalt, wasn't Patton Oswalt in there? Was he the comedic side? I haven't seen Blade in 20 years, but I loved it, but, but I don't recall there being a comedic. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to yeah. think of, this is um, a true instance here where, that's something that you don't, if unless you think about it, is actually truly rare. Yeah. This black commanding lead, and then this guy who's just there to be a clown. Mm-hmm. But you'd think in a lot of instances it might be reversed. Or, oh, yeah. Or at least Hollywood studios would ex- more accept that dynamic in a reversal role. Yeah. But in this one... It's Wallace Ford is, you know... He is. He's the little white sidekick. And he's not... It's not like in... Oh, shoot. What's the one in the woods where he becomes... Emperor Jones. It's not like Emperor Jones where he has this white guy who's his friend but that white guy's also kind of slimy and like no, conniving and doing things he's not comedy like yeah, yeah yeah that's not the same like this truly is he is he is his sidekick the guy and, is pure goof yes and he's also very little mm-hmm. and there is this one scene so once they get to the desert and they're they're going kind of from town to town like kind of grifting like they're trying to like make money and then they move on i don't really know where they're going i love i don't know i know i talk about this a lot but i love when people do things and show time in ways like they did in the desert here so they have this shot of their feet and they're walking and they've got like boots and pants and like things wrapped around their legs and then they're walking and then it switches and they've got like sandals and shorter pants and they're walking and then the next thing they've got like dresses or you know and like no shoes Mm. and so it's like you know that they've been in the desert now for months at least right and they're kind of as they go they're they're kind of integrating themselves more into like the environment but also they're they don't have anything. But then we see them come into a town riding on donkeys. And I just have to talk about... Camels. Oh, no, they were donkeys. No, they were first. donkeys because they they trade up to camels. But the first time you see them on transportation, it is donkeys. And the donkey is the right size for the sidekick. <laughs> the poor donkey that had to carry Paul Robeson... His feet were just about touching the ground. Deserves a humpy. He's a big man. He's a big man, and I truly was like, it is. As, it felt like if you tried to ride one of our dogs, like it was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing on that donkey? Well, it's stated um, that Jericho, before he um, went to war, 
studied medicine for like three years. Yes, he wanted to. He he wanted to be a physician, and that's he didn't ever want to fight. That's actually a good moment too, where he's talking to Mac, and he's like, "These hands that I wanted to heal people with, I have been trained to murder, mm. and this is not what I want." Jericho doesn't know this happened, but because he escaped and he was under Captain Mac's command, they end up blank because he was friends with him end up convicting Captain Mac of a like a conspiracy charge and he actually gets sent to prison for five, five years. Five years, yeah, because they think that he helped him escape. escape and without being able to find Jericho, they can't prove that that's not true. So uh, Jericho and his sidekick buddy, um, Mike Clancy, they come upon this lady uh, who is played by, she's credited as Princess Kuka. Who are you? A friend. I'm doing it with you. Just Alice so far. We've traveled a long way. May we stop? You made a smart. Check, check. Looks like our luck's turned. You are not all hungry. There's no doubt at all, madam. Take care of the camels, boy. Huh? Uh-oh. I get it. Not bad. Come on, Tessie. The character's name was Gara. But this was a real lady who was, I'm not sure if she was Sudanese or or Egyptian or both, Mm -hmm. but she was, not much is known about this lady, but she's credited as Princess Kuka, as opposed that perhaps she was some lineage to some family. I wonder about that or if her name was just Princess, because sometimes that happens. Maybe, but there are like glamour shots that you can find of this actress i don't know if she was a true actress or some kind of they might have just plucked her might have just some kind of society lady interesting she was essentially like a model for her time and place in the early 20th century i mean she's gorgeous as soon as jericho sees her he's like i'm done this is where i belong well (laughs) her little village that she in that she lives in people need medical assistance so he provides that with his knowledge and that ingratiates him into the community and he becomes like a leader of this community yeah and 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 they start kind of a little they don't have an official hospital but she kind of becomes his nurse and everyone comes to see him and you know their their leader he set his leg that's how he found out like her brother came to came over and was like, the leg is broken. We have to find a doctor. And he set the leg and, and, the, and the leader said to him, as long as you're here, like you've healed me, you have a place to stay and food to eat. Like basically just mm-hmm. don't leave. Uh, so he ends up marrying the woman. He's there seemingly happy for years and years. And then, um, and the leader like trusts him so much that... They have this meeting and there's going. they always go, all the different tribes or groups of people go to this like salt mine. Yeah, it's like the big thing here is like these salt. Yeah, and you know, it's Jericho's idea to bring them all together. It's what they can trade. Yeah, they go and get this salt like once a year they make this trek. It like takes a really long time to get there and a really long time to come back and they go in like these caravans. But Jericho's idea is like, hey, we always go separately, and then we're always trying to beat each other there. And then also, 
other people are trying to like attack us as we go. So well, let's all go together and be like strong in number. There are British people in the country. When they are like gathered in their gathering place to start their trek, these British dudes pull up in these trucks and they're like, hey, can we follow you and and take pictures and video of your salt trek? They yeah. want to make a movie. So they're documentarians who show oh, are up. They? Well, I know. They show up. Well, they make a documentary in the movie. And also are able to go report back all the resources of this particular uh, region to mm. the British government and crown. Well, someone, someone got them there. Honestly, the be- for the long-term sake of this area, uh, Jericho, probably the best movie should have done was to gather up the village to execute all of these um, British filmmakers. He should have never agreed to this because also at this point, unbeknownst to him, Mac has gotten out of prison and has vowed to find him. And he's got like a wife and a kid and he's wanting to build a hospital and he's like set up to be the new leader of this group of people. Like everyone loves him so much. And as soon as these men show up with their cameras, I was like, yeah. It's over. That's fucking it. Don't let them take pictures of you. But he thinks he got off scot-free. Well, he's a nice then, guy. He escaped from... He shouldn't... He should be like, you can never put me on film. Well, he's a nice guy, so he doesn't do what's good for the country and executes smiles, them all. He he actually... They all go and they go to this caravan. The when caravan he smiles, through. do you just feel safe? Because um, I do. There's like something about. I mean, he seems like a great. He's a charismatic guy. This is what I mean. He feels it feels like comfortable. Like he smiles, and you're like everything's gonna be fine, you know. And and he has that in this movie. Like everyone around him kind of feels that. It's like he smiles, and everybody's like, "It's fine. Everything's fine." About the British men, I wanted to ask you: Could you understand anything the bug man said? Suppose the trucks will be here when we get back. Oh, we should have to chance it. I think he's supposed to not be understood on purpose. That's what I thought too, but there's there's like a scientist with them who, who speaks a lot, but I couldn't understand a there's word. There's a guy that is like, even the, the, the captions are like belligerent. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be nonsensical. Yeah. I think you were supposed to not understand what he was saying. It was just a bizarre I little was, tact. I was rewinding his little lines <laughs> being like, what the fuck did he say? Yeah. And it's like, is, is this dude so so English I don't know what the fuck he's saying? He's got like some bizarre like regional... Dudes from way up north. <laughs> they, they scout that there's some Moroccan bandits. It's not a very good uh, battle scene. It's weird. I had to it rewind kinda dra- it. It kind of dragged ass. Because I got confused about when they came out from under the ground. It, it made me wonder, like, when was the first good battle scene ever filmed? It wasn't filmed by the, in this no, movie. No, this was not. But one thing they do accomplish is big sweeping desert Oh, images. I, I love that when he gets to the top of the dune that is and he my sings the song. Moment. It's a great moment. My
actually watched that twice. Like, that's about when you came home. And so I, like, rewound it. And I rewound too far. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch this song again. It's so fucking good. Because he hears this song on the radio, but he doesn't... He kind of... He goes off alone. And he climbs this top of this dune. And he just... Belts it. Belts it. And it's just him. And he's just feeling. And every one of these movies, well, this is my second one. But in the last movie, he had that moment where he was like on the chain gang and singing the song about John Henry. And that was like, that was the moment. Mm. And in this movie, it's on the dune. So they successfully make their trek to the salt in this British documentary team. They go back and they put out a film reel. And that's when everyone sees him on camera that goes to see that movie and Mac sees that so he knows he's and up he's been all around the world trying to find him he knows he's up in the north northwest of Africa mm-hmm. so he figures so he goes there and he confronts him directly but uh, Jericho's wife overhears he explains to him my reputation is in shambles since you left they locked me up for five years and I came here to bring you back, but Jericho's got to like clear a, my name. But Jericho has a kid now. He's got a whole life now. He's like a leader of people here, and so Jericho is like, you know, I'm real sorry. I didn't imagine that they would blame you for what I did. Yeah, and but he you, basically says, "I'll go back with you," and he's like, "You can't." But Jericho is like, if they find out why you're here, they will attack you. And his wife found out. And, and the but this is bizarre because Jericho should just be like. He introduces his wife to him, yeah. and then she later like overhears. He didn't know she overheard, and but all he's got. But doesn't she not hear him be like hear them making peace with mm-hmm. one another? I think she only heard the part about I'm going to take you away. So why can't Jericho just be like, hey, everyone, calm the fuck down? He's he not going should. to do. It. it just seems like this part where it's like he needs to kind of gather people around and be like, look, this guy came here, but he's cool. And yeah, he's going to go back. But it becomes Agree. this kind of forced dramatic moment. Once and they bang the gong, he's like, you got to get the fuck out of here, bro. They're going to kill you. Like, they're not going to listen to him because they are so incensed at that point. But they don't. They see their leader trying to help him escape. They're they're trying she to. She also didn't they, ask him a question. They want to kill the guy. Yeah. Who is coming to kidnap their leader. And they see their leader trying to help him escape. And they're not like, why is he trying to help him escape? They are blind with rage, Bob. Okay. Rage and protection. Also, they don't want him to leave. They want to kill him because if he leaves, he still knows where he he still knows where they are. You know, like they don't want him to ever come back. But and Jericho actually is like gonna get in the plane with him at one point, and the guy like stops the engine. Hi, Jericho. I'm going with you. What are you not? I got a different slant of things now. So have I, and I'm going to take what's coming to me. All right. Ah, she's told. Will you swing the prop again for me? That was a good touch, actually. Like, you knew exactly what he was doing. Yes. And I was so glad that he took off in that moment when when he saw Jericho's kid and his wife and he saw what he'd made for himself. He remembered that they were friends. And he realized that none of this was on purpose. Now, now the original ending to this was... Yes. um, That they both got in the plane and that it crashed. 
and then the the tribes come up and and Jericho dies defending Mac mm. which honestly makes less sense it because does. of the reasons I said of like they're so desperate to keep this man from kidnapping their dude and yet they're going to kill their dude Robeson weird came in and was like no we're doing it like this the ending we just said earlier is the one that happened and I'm glad because that would have sucked. That makes a little more sense than like the, his own people are going to kill him. Because if that was what was going to happen, then that is when he stands on the plane and says, listen, yeah. this is what's going on. And this man's going to live here with us now. Do you know what I mean? Like right. whatever. But there's still, he can't die defending this man who's been searching for him for five years against this place where he's now his home. Like yeah. he can't do that. Getting killed by the people That's who idiotic. have made them there. Yeah. It w- Robeson was right to change that. It was already kind of weird, the yeah. dramatic push in that part. But the ending we got is rewarding. Yes. So Robeson, thank goodness Robeson uh, was a little more paranoid from his Sanders of the River experience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. made sure that shit was like a little more hopeful at the end. I liked it. And that is Jericho from 1937. Again, you can f- I'll send a link to it. This These old movies, you can find them in, on YouTube. The one I found had Arabic subtitles, so but I'll put a link and um, you can watch it there if you'd like. Um, and but or you can also get that handsome. I don't work for Criterion. <laughs> I don't work for Criterion, but you can get this handsome collection of Paul Robeson's. Uh, also has documentaries and uh, such. Oh, and we didn't mention that his little friend died. Oh, that's right. When they were Sad fighting scene. the. The men who were trying to attack them on the salt trek. Um, I do think Clancy is my f- probably my favorite goofy side kick character in movies. Honestly, I would. I think this is my favorite one that we've watched of Paul Robeson. It is, totally. This is my favorite one. If you're not sure, this is a good one to just yeah. just watch it. Just check it out. It's really fun. It's easy to take in. Too. It is. It is. Uh, next week, our last Paul Robeson feature will be the Proud Valley. Uh, which has a lot more of a, we'll get more into Paul Robeson's labor organization and talk more about like what happened to him during the McCarthy era, Mm. which is pretty sad. I mean, Paul Robeson actually was a socialist and, and went all over the world. And uh, we'll get more into depth on that next week for our last Paul Robeson selection. Um, Mm. But let's judge this movie real quick. You give one through five, I give one through five, combined for best out of ten. What do you give 1937's Jericho, directed by Thornton Freeland? I want to give it a four. Okay. I think it is the highest Robeson that I will go. I'm going to give it a 3.75. Okay. There you go. Hitting around the A-, minus, sneaking in for, I think this is our first A Robeson feature. And it joins the ranks of American Gangster inside Lewin Davis. Four Lions, um, and Nope. And uh, I think it earns this spot. I'm certainly not against like any cultural representation of modern movies. Yeah. I kind of wish, you know, go ahead and colorblind cast everyone so we can understand that, you know, our biggest issues are not like this kind of uh, surface identity things, you know. Yeah. And that like just replacing, changing the color of someone is not necessarily indicative of representing a greater culture of an individual but and also studios seem to be more cynical but i feel like when you do see black leads in a movie from fucking 1937 yeah 
that that it, that's not cynical. There's something that just seems to just kind of it, it represents something that it's kind of risen above. And uh, Paul Robeson was an exceptional figure of yeah. his time that deserves to be uh, more known today. Yes. And so I think that's why Jericho kind of stands out as we get deeper into Robeson's talkies era. And I think the, the you know, in a little bit of the background and the control he asserted mm-hmm. to make sure things went in a certain way. Um, it's kind of a, a, a more, a, this movie represents more of a vision of the artists that we're studying here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yes, the Proud Valley next week. But meanwhile, the heroin, the heroin, the heroism continues this week as we pick our Denzel selections. We're going, we're slapping our balls against the wall because Wednesday is Tony Scott's Man on Fire. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a fun <laughs> one to discuss. All right. Until then, um, what is our sign off lately? Uh, thoughts and prayers to the haters. Oh, <laughs> my